Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are featuring stories of transformation. Each person has a story, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others. As you listen to today's episode, I encourage you to think about your story. How is God working in your life? I promise you, He is on the move. Grab your cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I am in Dallas, Texas. I love Texas. I was speaking to a group tonight and I said, everything is bigger and better in Texas. Let's not forget chips and salsa, a little bit of guacamole, maybe some cheese dip and the malls. Y'all, they're awesome here. So uh, I'm excited about being in Dallas, Texas and my really good friend, my sweet friend, (laughs) Rachel Lovingood is here. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Andrea. And I'm not from Texas, so I'm in Dallas with you. That's right. I I know. I love it when I see something on my schedule that says, I'm going to be in the same place as Andrea Lennon. It always oh. makes me smile and makes me happy. So it's the, always good to see you. I love seeing you. The Lord crossed our paths <laughs> a couple of years ago, maybe three, several, now. several years yeah. now. And we're time is flying. <laughs> don't even. I don't even want to talk. About <laughs> we don't that. want to count the years. <laughs> no. But when we have a chance to get together, it's like we've just no time has passed. Right. I think it's because so. we have so many similarities: leadership, working with churches, working with people. You know, women's events, that kind of thing. You just kind of feel like kind of sisterhood bond. Yes. Do you know when I first knew, I just uh, just loved you. No, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I don't give that a lot. So. <laughs> okay, I've not told you this story, so this will be great for us to unpack together. You and I were talking because you were speaking at Inspire Women's right. Conference. Okay. You did that for a <clears throat> couple of years. Our, the women of Arkansas adore Rachel Lovingood. And so um, I was talking to you and having that all-important, like, Meet the speaker, cast the vision, pray together, you know, professional conversation. And I was getting my um, oil changed at the time. And so I was hiding like in the bathroom trying to make sure that, you know, I, it's, I didn't, you didn't know where I was because I wanted to present this strong, you know, yeah. professional front. And sure. so now I can tell you I was in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, hiding. And well, um, I probably don't need to confess where I was. I'm not <laughs> sure, but it could have easily been an odd place. Or my life back then, it probably was at a ball game. Or probably a so. Or yeah. Hey, that's another thing we have in common. Uh, sports. I know. Being parents of kids that play sports. That's right. That's a big deal in our culture today. It is. I mean, that's some conversations that more churches need to be addressing of just how do we parent kids who play sports? Because it's this all-consuming society that's over, you know, people are just over the top with that now. And I promise you, I sometimes talk to people or teach something about like like your lifestyle of faith. And, and I always tell them, think about where you are least like Christ and then I pause and I say, I'm guessing it's when your kid has a uniform on. And it doesn't matter if your kid is 5 or 15 or 20. If they have a uniform on, that's that moment in which you just, like, are not always that worried about being like Christ. And I just sometimes cringe, you know, and hearing and seeing some of the things I've said and done or other people I'm with. So, anyway, that's a, maybe a conversation for another day. Uh, maybe you know, so. I will confess that there have been moments whenever I do not have that gentle, quiet spirit that Scripture <laughs> speaks about at yeah. the ball game. Um, maybe something like, you know, crush him might come out of my mouth. But... Oh, well, that's not necessarily unspiritual. Oh, good. It's those other things. It's like attacking the red. Right, right, right. I always say this. I always say this. 
be passionate for your kids. Right. Don't dog other people. Don't trash other people and be passionate for your kids. But sometimes it's just, sometimes there's a fine line. So Well, it yeah. is a fine line. I remember one particular um, sporting event where I, I just said to my husband that he and the kids could maybe go on to the car, and I just wanted to speak with the umpire. Oh, and no. he was like, no, no, no. And I was like, I'm just going to encourage him. That's all I want to do is encourage him. Okay, good for your husband. <laughs> he is a brilliant man of God if he pre- prevented you That's from right, that's that. right. He got me out of there quick. He's like, let's go to dinner. I'm like, okay, sold. <laughs> That's actually one of the books that my husband and I wrote when our son was playing football um, at University of Tennessee is we wrote a book called Playbook for Parents that just literally is prayers because I thought that's the only way I can make it through this, yes. like at all being like Christ or just, you know, make it through it. And um, and we literally walk through that and just pray and just use those prayers. It's been really good. What a great example of just like ministry wherever you're at. Right. Well, God took me out of my comfort zone. And he put me in a place where I went, I don't know how to be a parent like this. I was good at the high school parent thing of the athlete. But right. in college, they don't need you. And you don't, you know, you just don't do anything you did in high school. And so he just clearly just spoke to my heart and said, pray. Just pray. And so I figured I should pray. I need to be intentional. I'm so bad about saying, oh, I'm going to do that. But if I don't have, really have a plan, I won't do it. So I just started writing out prayers from Scripture. And um, I started taking them to games or practices or just whatever we got to go to. We didn't go to a lot of practices, but um, we had family day or something. And I would sit there and pray, and then I started looking around and asking other parents if they wanted to pray with me. Mm. So we started gathering to pray, so I thought, well, I should make it more convenient for other people. So we put it in a book and put it on Amazon so people can just grab it. And um, kind of wrote it generic. I mean, it's for football on a higher level, but if you had a baseball player yeah. you know, in fifth grade, that would yeah. still be good for you. Because what I found was this, if you pray, you're less likely to attack the coach. Yes. You're less likely to fuss about this or that. You're more yeah. likely to have just a, like the right kind of spirit in the stands. And y'all, that's where you reach people's in the stands. That's you know, right. that's where you make those connections. And anyway, and people are watching. Yes, they're watching and listening. Oh, must especially if they know you're a Christian, or in my case, if they know your husband's a minister yeah. at that church in town. And you know. And anyway, it's just, does your lifestyle really line up with what you say you believe is a big deal? Yeah, that's really good. All right, so Rachel, we want to know all things Rachel. Um, Are you ready for this? (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe by next week we'll be through, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. No, I'm kidding. It's a boring story. (laughs) No, take us back to the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your life and uh, call the ministry. Well, I'm from Tennessee. My husband's from Tennessee. but um, So I grew up in like a typical just Southern Baptist church family we used to call my dad the fire marshal because we said we he wouldn't leave the church till everybody was out of the building you know so we were always there and we were always the last ones there so I grew up in church and I had a lot of head knowledge of who of the bible and who God was and who Jesus is and um so I had that kind of story of just having tons of head knowledge knowing and I knew all the right answers honestly I went the bible drill I'm kind of competitive so if you're if I'm going to do bible drill I'm going to win it you know that right. kind of thing memorize more scriptures Blah, blah, blah. But what happened was I began to just let that be who I was. And and um, and just as I got older, I got more frustrated with being a believer because I kept feeling like a failure as a Christian, but I knew all the right things. So it was like, so I would think, well, I should try harder. Mm-hmm. And so it was just this kind of weird. And so I felt unsatisfied and unfulfilled. And so I tried other things that weren't so godly. And that didn't do anything different, so I was still frustrated, so I thought, well, I should try harder. Mm-hmm. You know, because, oh, gosh, Andrea, don't you notice in the church, we don't do this on purpose, but we, we teach things or we encourage people, and they walk away thinking, I need to try harder. Right, right. And the answer is not to try harder, but it's yeah. to surrender. That's right. So it took me a while to get there, and yeah. it's kind of, that's just a little bit of a long, drawn-out story, but the short part of it is 
um, after my freshman year in college, um, I started dating Jeff and he was called to ministry. And I don't know if that never even crossed my mind ever even crossed my mind. Um, but he crossed my mind. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, so what happened was I went back to school for my sophomore year and God just really began to be really clear with me on, you can't, here's what I found. You, it's hard to live the Christian life if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Bingo. Okay, but I really did try hard. <laughs> so what happened was he just got real clear with me on, um, you're never going to be satisfied living this Christian life because you don't know me. So I just was by myself in my like dorm apartment thing. And I just started confessing to the Lord that I have, I've just assumed unto you. I, I just had head knowledge, but no heart relationship. So I turned my life over to Christ. And then I was like, oh gosh, you know, just like so weird thinking, what are people going to think? Because I had been like a leader-ish, wow. you know. But, um, but you know, people, here's the thing. When you get your life right with Christ, A, who cares what people think? But B, people are usually happy for you. So yes. it's no big deal. Yeah. But, um, so I always tell people I really um, learned how, how hard it is to be a, to live like a Christian if you don't know Jesus. And so um, I turned my life over to the Lord when I was 18 or 19, whatever age that was, sophomore college. And, um, and then things went from there. But Jeff is four years older than me, so he was graduating and going off to seminary and he did he wanted to get married and not go to seminary by himself and so he asked me to marry him in uh, August and he went to seminary for a semester and came home in December and we got married nice. and um, so I was 20 okay really young I was um, also 20 were you because yes. I, I don't know but my kids got married young my two oldest did too but I was 20 and we got married and we headed off to seminary and honestly being in Dallas is a funny story because we um we're driving out here to Fort Worth, Texas. We're going to go to Southwestern. And it was a couple days after Christmas. Well, we went on, got married December 27th. and went on our honeymoon and came home. And my jaw was hurting and I had, um, my wisdom teeth were impacted. Mm-hmm. So I come home from my honeymoon. I'm kind of miserable. And we needed to leave to get to seminary. So my, we called the orthodontist or doctor and dentist in town. And he met us at the office early and took my wisdom teeth out and gave me medicine and we got in the car and drove to texas like that day i mean how ridiculous but whatever and so we're headed across tennessee and i slept most of the way and we got over here to um we got over like memphis and jeff was getting tired and he was thinking i'm not gonna make it all the way and um but he said that he was listening on the radio this was 1988 or january of 88 and um he said he was listening to the radio and there was a bad storm coming so what we're going to do so we said let's stop in Texarkana and spend the night get up early and get on the road and get to Fort Worth I was like sure whatever super submissive wife I was like whatever you say baby <laughs> and so we get to the hotel we get a wake-up call and we left at four in the morning and we were driving on the road and all of a sudden a blue northern hit and I had never heard of a blue northern but what it is is when it the wind starts blowing it's rain sleet snow hail and high winds all at the same time just suddenly it was just boom and it was just crazy and everything was icing over and our car was going sideways and so jeff was like we got to pull off and we pulled off in a place called um mount pleasant texas and it's totally a misnomer in 1988 it was not a pleasant place to be <laughs> there was nothing there but a pit bar and grill and a best western like the long skinny kind that yeah. looks like a bad yeah, yeah, yeah. we were stuck there for like the whole week we got the last room and we were stuck there all week oh wow it was miserable it was elvis week i had my wisdom teeth out my grandma died i mean it was like how bad yes and my husband is a high energy youth minister add kind of thing so it was just it wasn't fun it was awful and I remember in that in that um, hotel room thinking, God, is this a joke you're playing on me? I'm sorry. Did you not notice that we're going to serve you, we're going to ministry, and this yes. is what you're doing? You're trapping us in yes. Mount Pleasant, Texas. 
Well, blah, blah, blah. It was all horrible. It was way worse than I'm even telling it. And on Friday, Jeff was like, we got to go. We don't have any more money. We're just going to leave. And we had to walk down the interstate. It was like eight inches of ice on the interstate. And we had gone down there and like carved down through it, you know. So the sun came out and we left. And we drove eight hours. And we had gone 80 miles. It was the worst I've ever that seen. That is. Yeah. And so sometimes we would get out and take turns like on the overpasses to push the car with the overpass. So anyway, we couldn't go across like Ray Hubbard because the sun was going back down. And all you Texas people know when you have that kind of stuff and it's going to freeze back up. So we pulled back off in Roy City, Texas, and the hotel was full and there was nowhere to stay. And so Jeff says, I'm going to call the local First Baptist pastor. And I said, Babe, this is East Texas. They could be axe murderers. You know? So anyway, <laughs> and so the pastor told us to come over to his house, and he put us up for the night. And the whole long story of that is that he asked Jeff what he was doing, and Jeff said, I'm in seminary. I'm going to be a student pastor. And he said, well, we're looking for a student minister. And we were like, what? And so he called that night. So Friday night at like 9 or 10, and all these people came over to the pastor's house. It was right by the church. And they interviewed Jeff for the student pastor job. And the next morning, the rest of them came over for breakfast. And two weeks later, we were serving at that church. Wow. Wow. So it's one of those stories where um, God didn't, I never heard and walked an aisle that I was called to ministry, but I knew I was going to marry Jeff and he was called to ministry. Therefore, I was called to ministry. And real early in our ministry, the first week of our ministry, of our married lives, God took two people who have super strong personalities and think they know everything and want to do it their way and said, if y'all are going to do this thing, we're going to do it my way. Mm. And I'm going to just trap you in an ice storm, or I'm going to let you get trapped in an ice yes. storm, and I'm going to let you get frustrated, and I'm going to show you that I'm working it all out for you. Wow. And so over the years, I've been able to look back and go, sometimes my life feels like I'm trapped in an ice storm in Mount Pleasant, Texas, yeah. but really, I'm right in the center of God's will, mm. even if it's not always fun or pleasant or easy, and He's working all yeah. those things out. Yes. So it's super cool, and we learned so much of that church, and that was our first church. That is amazing. years ago. What a great story. I mean, but also, like, what a good God. Oh, yeah. You know? Now, we're we're both, you and I were talking about having strong personalities. And my husband is a very strong personality, and I'm a very strong personality. And and so over the years, God taught us that being blessed. And over the years, he's had to go, hey, 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 remember. remember, I'm in charge. Hey, remember, it's about me. Right. But um, it's super cool how he does that. You know, because he does it with such love and such grace and such mercy. Yes. And just, like, that's his good work in our life to remind us, He's in charge. Yep. We're not. We get to abide in Him. Yep. And whenever we do that, surrender to that, things just go so much better. So much better. <laughs> you know? Whenever things are bad because it's our fault, we look back and go, oh, yeah, that's when I thought I had it all together. That's right. You know, that's, that's when right. it was all about me. Yeah. 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 All right. So you um, were serving there. Yeah. And so we graduated seminary. We've lived all over. We've lived in Louisiana and Fort Lauderdale and Knoxville, Tennessee, and Cleveland, Tennessee, and Tampa, and Nashville for 14 years. And now we're serving currently in um, Cleveland, Tennessee. Okay. So I want to fast forward just a little bit in the story to your, you're stepping into women's ministry yeah. and just the different roles that you fulfill in, yeah. in life. Kind of an evolution, but what I've seen, evolution in the good, good yes, way, not right. the Darwin way. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know, we can't let the world steal that's all the right, that That's right. That's right. But, um, so I'm kind of that person that, um, doesn't like it when things aren't happening. And so if I was at a church that didn't have any women's ministry, then my first thought would be, well, let's start one. So I literally started women's ministry, either served in women's ministry, like at First Baptist Fort Lauderdale, they already had it going. So I just said, where can I jump in? 
And then other churches we went to, if it was going, I would jump in and get involved. And if it wasn't, I would start it. I probably started more than... Right. That just back then, they just weren't always right. very organized yeah. and that kind of thing. So, And it's always been super cool how God has just kind of ordained that or mm-hmm. kind of would bring me to that place that... And I would bring it up to some people, and they'd be like, "Oh, good, we've been wanting to get that going. Let's all, you know." So we would just all jump in together. So I found, it's been really cool. I found that to be true. Like when you're just stepping into the yeah. the ground that he's already plowed, in a sense, and then you get to just yeah. enjoy that favor, in a mm-hmm. sense, of just what God has already been doing, and then to take it to that next level. That's really cool. So, what has been the biggest challenge in the process of uh, serving in women's ministry, and what is the biggest blessing? Well, I typically tongue in cheek say that the biggest challenge to serving in ministry is the people. I was going to say, um, I thought that's where you were going. Well, truthfully, yeah. because it's all about the people. And so, and they're difficult people. And guess what? I'm a difficult person. So every time I have that thought, God just like, you know, like whispers in my ear. Um, but if it weren't for the people, I wouldn't need you to do right. the ministry. And I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we got to figure out how to do that. Um, but, I, but I do think a lot of times it's just the personalities. You know, like there's just so many different personalities and so many stories. Mm. And I love that everybody's got a story. Yes. But I hate that so many people have such a hard story. Yes. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. sometimes it takes a while to get through some layers. So um, just kind of shepherding or stewarding the responsibility that God has given or mm-hmm. He allows you to have it upon mm-hmm. is a big deal because I've learned way way back that I mean even just looking kind of funny at somebody mm. can just crush them if you're a leader right. and you would never mean to do that like it might right. just be that your foot was hurting but right. you happen to be looking their way you know and sometimes it's because you think they're weird and you right. look their way and and the same result is and so it's really hard I think so I think it's just maybe sometimes shepherding the responsibility is yeah. is a challenge but yeah. the greatest yeah. blessing is life change Yeah, hands down that's the sure. greatest blessing of ministry for us is life change Literally seeing people go from death to life, yes. from being an atheist to being an all-in believer yes. of Jesus Christ, yes. the most powerful thing. Yes. Yes. I love every yeah. bit of that, yeah. every bit of it. And you know what? I love the life change that's just literally watching somebody handle something in a godly manner when you knew they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Like even go back to a ball game, you know, like right. they lean up and they want to yell something and you can just see them take a deep breath and yep. just, and the Holy Spirit, every time yes. God... Every time God doesn't let me say what I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, wow, the Holy Spirit really is real. He's so powerful. He He kept my mouth shut, you know. And I pray that he would do it more often. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) That's really cool. Well, I think that it's good for us to talk about the challenges and blessings because it helps us to prepare for the things that are coming and then to celebrate the things that God is doing. And so um, that's something that we always want to celebrate. Okay, so you have some books. Right. Tell me about the books. Which ones? So we have Playbook for Parents, right. which is the prayers. Um, so Lifeway has published a couple of books I wrote with some friends. One is a Bible study for ministers' wives called In Our Shoes with my friend Jennifer, Jennifer Landreth. And um, two are um, Salvaging My Identity and yes. Even More. They're both kind of a 40-day devotional kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I wrote those with my friend Jennifer Mills, who's in Arkansas right yes. now. Um, we love her. She's, she's actually nannying my grandbaby. Is she? Yes. She's going to be speaking at Inspire. She's awesome. Y'all will yeah. love her. Just yeah. sweet, authentic, pure-hearted. Um, and then I have a couple more books that are self-published because mm-hmm. um, if I teach... So God a long time ago convicted me to not go into a teaching situation to just give information. Mm-hmm. But my goal is always life change. Yes. So my life change or the life change of the people in the room, whatever. And what I've noticed, you probably noticed it too, is that it's not just enough to give information. It needs to be biblical. But even sometimes 
for that, there needs to be a follow-up plan. Like there needs to be a take-home or some kind of put it into action. Um, that's how that's how most of my transformation comes, mm-hmm. kind of like Romans 12 too. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, you don't renew your mind in just an hour. Right. You know, it's like a process. Yes. It just It's a process yeah. of changing your thinking. So whenever I'm teaching on a subject that I'm pretty passionate about, I've typically developed some kind of occult transformational resource. Mm-hmm. So it might be a 15-day devotional just to just to kind of put that expect more kind of like um, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says God's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. And so that's a big concept. Yeah. I mean, because so many of us live ho-hum lives, but God's yeah. going, oh, God, so much more. Yeah. Um, but it, but if you hear that, then you might go home going, I want to expect more from God. What does that look like? Right, right. So there's a 15-day, 15, 15 days. Just right. walk through that process for yes. 15 days. Yeah. So that kind of thing. So there's expect more. Um, I got the power of one, which is about bringing Jesus up in your everyday conversation. Literally one of the most powerful little bitty books ever in the world. Um, my personal opinion, because I've seen it transform my life. And then one that I wrote from a relationship I had with a neighbor who was an atheist. I love her so much. I learned more from an atheist than I ever did from anybody else because just seeing the other side of things. Mm -hmm. um, And now she's coming to know the Lord and she's one of the most powerful. Praise the Lord. She knows more scripture than me. I mean, she's incredible. But um, the book based on our relationship is um, called Everything Summed Up because Romans 15 not Romans 15, 13, but Romans says that um, all the laws are summed up with this, mm-hmm. love your neighbors yourself. Yeah. And um, so everything summed up, it's overcoming differences and developing relationships with people who are different from you. Because what? Because most people are one to Christ through relationships. Yeah. So that's out there, and I think that might be it. I don't know. I'm working on one right now on bold living, on living a bold faith in an everyday life. So we'll see. I love it. I love it. I love that strategy. I really try to follow the same strategy, which is to have a resource that they can yep. take home with them yep. because we want to get them in the Word. And if we can get them in the Word, what then them. it does. It totally transforms. You know, right. And I would say if you're out there and, and you're a teacher of something, you may not need to write a whole book, but, but maybe when you teach on something, give them for the next five days. Like here's just scripture, just whatever. Some kind of put it into practice, plan of action, yes. game plan if you want to be athletic about it. You know, yeah. Something just to help people renew their mind and be transformed. And there's so many tools now to do that. I mean, you can house that on your website. You can publish that through uh, self-publishing. You You can, can, and self-publishing through Amazon is very easy, very Mm -hmm. inexpensive. And and it's super easy for the consumer. That's right. Go have a website. You can go in there and click and it takes you right to it. So it's super convenient, very convenient. And it really does stretch us. I think this is, and I want to ask you this question, but because you both write and speak. Mm-hmm. And so the benefit of those two disciplines together, right. you know, I, th- I think it's pretty important um, for a well-rounded ministry. So speak yeah. about that. What well, and I've had people ask me, so do you prepare a, a, a lessons and then write a book or do you write a book and then prepare lessons? And I would say, yes, both and. Mm-hmm. So sometimes somebody asks you to speak on a subject and you're like, I love that. And you study and you prepare. And as you're preparing, you're like, oh my goodness, this would totally... This could turn into such and such, right. you know, and the, right. it can, the resource kind of speaks mm-hmm. to itself. Then sometimes, for instance, Power of One was written because I was terrible at personal evangelism. Mm-hmm. Terrible. It's not my spiritual gift, mm-hmm. and I, I just avoided it. and was like, my mm-hmm. husband has that. If I right. encourage him, that's so much better anyway, right? right, right, right. I'm such a, like, I could queen of justification. <laughs> um, so, but God convicted me about it. So years ago, and so I was like, well, I need a plan. So what would that look like? And so I really prayed through it. So I wrote that for me. And then I thought, well, if it's something that I need, then obviously there's other people that can need it too. Yes. So then, when, then I 
you know, made available. Then I started teaching on it. So that one was that way. Um, salvaging my identity came because I was writing curriculum for a student ministry. Mm-hmm. And wow, identity crisis in America. Yes. That's still, by the way, yes. a number one bestseller. Or it's still in the bestseller yeah. list at Lifeway because the yeah. subject is so huge. Yeah. Um, this bold faith one that I'm working on is just how God's been working on me. Mm-hmm. So it's been a personal journey that I've walked on that I've thought, oh, this, this, I think other people could really chew into this. So I'm going to turn that one in. That's going to be a 40-day experience for women um, focused on just just living bold faith and yeah. what would that look like, yeah. you know, and just a kind of 40. So it kind of goes both ways, I right. think. But I, but what I've experienced is um, is whichever one it starts with, it's just richer. Because I just, you know, when God kind of plants an idea in you, you just want to dig into it. And, and, and the truth is, this is probably the the deepest part of this is you and I will teach most effectively and what we're most passionate about and we're most passionate about that which we've experienced so I'm never going to teach you very effectively on changing the oil in your car because I couldn't care less about it but I can teach you passionately about bringing Jesus up in your conversations because I've experienced how Mm life-changing that is does that make sense it does make sense so for me to be changed by it I have to get in it and dig around in it usually for a little while and so things just kind of evolve in my life yeah yeah it's perfect because it just really forces us to minister out of the overflow of what God's doing in our life you know and then it becomes um, an avenue for transformation for us but also it's like it pushes us towards vulnerability and transparency and you know just authenticity so right you know I think that's what women really want to see <laughs> they do I sometimes tell people this you'll love it and I may have told you before one of my spiritual gifts is um living my life so real you feel much better about yourself <laughs> like when you see me you go okay wow I'm so much better than her by comparison right so when you tell people hey this is something I really struggle with they're sitting there going oh good I thought it was just yes, me yes you know yeah. and so when we're authentic and real yeah people don't they don't, they're not intimidated by that. They're inspired by it because right. they're like, oh, yay, I thought it was just me. And so I just think God has used that in my life yeah. in incredible ways. And it's so freeing to get so to much. that point. Yeah. And something we were talking about before we um, jumped on the podcast was we'll post pictures on social media that are maybe not the best pictures. I'm about to post one tonight. And Andrew and I both look like we've been smacked around a That's little bit. That's right. Because we've had a long day, Rachel. Okay. I know. And it's okay. It is okay. Yes. I was doing an Insta story on the drive here, and I don't, I'm like, should you story while you're driving? Probably not, okay. but. My answer to that is after doing student ministry for a lot of years, no. No, don't ahead. story and drive. But I did, and I didn't have makeup on because I was, yeah. like, it was a crazy day. Yeah. And so at some point today, I knew I would put makeup on. It just hadn't happened yet by noon. And I was like, I don't even care. I'm like, this is real. This is me. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know if that's just part of my age. Like, I really just don't care or well, what it is. I hope that it's becoming part of our culture. Yes. And yeah. I do see a lot of that. You know, you do see a lot of, of pretty people in the world who aren't so worried about looking perfect, but just being right. So, right. and, you know, I love those Dove campaigns. And I'm always looking for, like, Dove brand lotions and stuff. Because yeah. I just want to support them. Because I like yeah. what they're doing with just that natural, true beauty. Yeah. And everybody doesn't have to look the same. So, yeah. I, you know, that's cool. I, and, hey, you know, if you're not going to see a whole bunch of people till later, don't worry about putting makeup on till later. <laughs> oh, I, my makeup process is different every single oh, day. about five minutes in. Cause yeah. I, I told yeah. somebody I can get ready so fast because I can spend longer, but I don't look any better. So I figure my <laughs> ROI is much shorter if I just spend less time getting ready. Then I don't feel bad about it. That's great. That's so. great. All right. So Rachel's going to be in Arkansas coming up in February. That's right. 
And uh, tell us about that event. It's going to be over at Third Street Baptist Church in Arkadelphia. Awesome. Well, Tammy White has a team over there at the at that church, and they do a they do a great conference. They okay. just all the details. You know, there's it's just a lot of fun. I actually got to speak at it last year. Had a great time. Um, so I know it's open. If anybody's in that area and you want to jump in on that, it's Third Street Baptist Church, or you can go to my website. There's a I think the link is on there too. Okay. So. And tell us your website. RachelLovingGood.com. Awesome. And, and then you'll easy. be back in Arkansas in October. I know. I'm so excited. Ministers Lives at the conference, That's right? That's right. So uh, Rachel's going to be our keynote speaker at the annual meeting for um, Minister's Wife's Luncheon. And we are so excited. We're going to – haven't had a chance to tell you this. This is just brand new information. Surprise. Our theme is radiant and how to live Love a it. radiant life for Christ and what it looks like uh, specifically for Minister's Wives. And let's speak to that just really quickly because that is such a unique calling. It's such a unique um, spot for a woman to step into. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. So, so speak to our Minister's Wives and love on them for a okay. second. So, you know, the, the Bible study that um, I did with my friend Jennifer is called In Our Shoes for a very specific reason because it does not matter how nice your friend is or how much she wants to. Nobody understands us unless they walk in our shoes because it's just different when you're married to a minister. And um, and we can appreciate everybody, um, but just to understand that sometimes it just takes, you know, walking that same path. So um, I love that about uh, the sisterhood of being a ministry wife. And, you know, there's more and more people that are coming into ministry as a wife after their husband's you know, spent 10 or 15 years in the secular Mm -hmm. world or in the business world or whatever. And that's quite shocking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just one of those things where we need people, we need wives who've been around to just available to love on and encourage and support. And, and I love there's, there's online communities. There's, um, Lifeway does some various Mm -hmm. kind of leadership things and there's usually ministers wife Mm -hmm. tracks at those. Um, I get to share a lot of those. I love that. I love to connect with ministers wives because we just have a unique calling and um, whether your calling was specific when you were a teenager and you knew you were going to ministry or whether your calling was more like mine where you knew you were going to marry this guy and he was called to ministry Mm -hmm. or whether it's a surprise, you know, you were working at Bell South and now you're, you know, the executive pastor. There's just all of these different kind of things. Um, And there's just some different things that we have to navigate. We do things a little differently. Friendships are different. Marriage is different. Mm -hmm. Um, Bad, good, or whatever. But I would always say, I always encourage ministers wives with this. God knew who you were when he called you. And he doesn't expect you to be somebody else. And most of us went into ministry, or at least I did a long time ago, thinking, oh, no, I'm supposed to be just like her because she's my picture of an ideal minister's wife. But an ideal minister's wife is one who knows who she is in Christ and who trusts him to guide her. Yeah. And just yeah. is, is doing everything she can to be the wife, the mom, the friend, the you know business person, whoever that God's called her to be. Yeah. And just understanding that that. God wasn't surprised when he called you into ministry. You might be surprised, but he wasn't surprised. And he knew you with all your personality quirks and all your, you know, giftedness that you were going to be in ministry. So just trust him to use you however he's got you or wherever he's got you. Amen. Well, we can't wait to have you in Arkansas. Um, I know that state, Arkansas, is special to you because you have some family there. It is. My daughter, my son-in-law, and one of my grandbabies live in Fayetteville. And so anybody that wants me to come to Arkansas, you just holler and I'll swing by (laughs) and see them on the way. So it's all good. Perfect. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us. We love you so much and are so thankful for how God 
always uses you in a mighty way. So we'll catch you next time. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, I'll jump back on anytime. Andrea, I love what you do. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.